This is uh, the American Israelite newspaper, Let There Be Light podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Ted Deutsch, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Babs Bernsenbrook. And I'm here with a special guest today, who's also another co-host today, Michael Ganson. And Esquire in charge. Yeah. And with our new continuing program of having a theme, so today yes, yes, is yes. the Hanukkah issue. So we will be focusing a lot on gift, gifting, all kinds of gift, from giving a, a physical gift to, you know, the gift of good food to right. doing volunteering and giving of yourself. Perfect, so perfect, we're going to concentrate on all of that. So, to, so today is Wednesday the 9th, Nine. and then tomorrow the Hanukkah issue comes out. It's a double issue. And uh, so it's that will be the 10th, and it will be the first candle lighting night is tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night. And to, it, in the Hebrew calendar, it is the 23rd today of Kislev 5780. Tomorrow is 24th. Tomorrow is the 24th. Okay, so let's, let's begin. Let's get into it. Well, did you get a delicious dinner last night from the Ish Festival? Yes, I did, and it was a kosher meal provi- uh, provi- uh, prepared at the uh, J Cafe through, is it Rabbi, no, not Rabbi Drew, <laughs> my thinking, uh, <laughs> Chef Drew, Chef, Chef Drew. Drew. And I'm Barry thinking and of Rabbi Drew. Wait, we have to go back. Oh, we have, we have to, to go, go back to the front page. We have the winner of the coloring contest is Lillian Kaplan, age nine, and she is the daughter of our friend of the podcast, Rabbi Drew Kaplan, who is the chaplain at Cedar Village and also the his podcaster wife. for Jewish drinking. Um, and and uh, his wife is Rachel Kaplan, who runs Hillel Cincinnati. Okay. So in the meantime, also, Barry and I ordered ours from the Zulu right, right, restaurant. Right. Sorry, it was sorry, absolutely sorry. delicious. Did you, did you happen to watch the show? If anyone else listening out there watched that issue, it was Carol, um, Carol did it. Carol, yeah, it was Carol a wonderful Zulu. show to watch. They had Yotan Otol. Leggy. Onto Leggy, yes, Otoleggi. thank you. And actually, you brought in his I brought cookbook. the cookbook in they brought called and Flavor. Actually, I got I got a couple of them, and I brought you one for you, your Hanukkah gift, and you <laughs> brought yours in. I was like, well, I was going to give this to you. Well, I already have one. Yeah, I, already, I, I brought mine in to show you. It's funny, you know, last year, um, Bella won on the other podcast, <laughs> the Unorthodox podcast. She won uh, Hanukkah Card of the Year for her card last year. Last year, she was dressed. Did she really? Oh, yeah, really? she won Hanukkah Card of the Year. She was dressed up last year. You know, in her Hanukkah gear, and it said <laughs> below it, it said um, Hanukkah bitch. And then to <laughs> the front said, it doesn't matter if I'm naughty or nice. And you open up the card and it says, I still get pregnant. It's, you know, Hanukkah's a Mac. So um, both of you, you probably haven't opened yours yet up, Michael, but you both received the Hanukkah card this year from Bella. Did you open yours I, up? I didn't look at it yet. Oh. I have to, I have to look at you it. You have to look I, at I will it. look at it. Anyway, so it, it, funny when she won the card, I also yes. won two of the books from oh. on Orthodox. And when they told me that I won and I won the book, I wrote, I go, oh, I already have it. And I meant to say, could you donate it? But it was, I, I sent the email before that, so I looked a little so foolish. We are like, we've got a lot of these uh, Oto, uh, Oto Lange cookbooks. cookbooks and we'll try them out. But we had the uh, chicken with portobello mushrooms and... Um, we had egg, an eggplant. Yeah, there was an eggplant. very spicy. And in fact, yeah, I want us to give a shout out to Marie Kulovich uh, oh, Brown. And also Zach a, Lempert was, works right, with her. She did a fantastic job fantastic. on the entire program, the entire getting everybody together, getting all this coordinated, getting all the food out there. Getting the Zoom program. The presentation was, was beautiful, was, and we she, got, with it, we got a mask that says, yes, yes. got chutzpah, and yes. I actually wore it to the bagel shop. We get the book, yeah. uh, a delicious meal that mine was delivered the perfectly food, in time was, for the uh, show. The food was excellent. I and mean, the dessert the was had, healthy. The yeah, dessert really, was healthy. The food I was, was excellent. really I, looking for a little guilty pleasure there and get something unhealthy, but it was a healthy dessert no, I, it was I, tasty. I, the food we had, you had, I'm sure everybody else, yeah. all the, the chefs that participated and prepared the food. It was spicy. It was definitely spicy. You said yours was not as spicy. Mine was delicious. Ours was was really spicy. Mine was delicious. It was very tasty. And in terms of festivals, you know, Rockwarn has a great festival coming up. It's a great lead in. Babs. (laughs) Babs to the Rockwarn presents. Hanukkah Palooza. Because, you know, Rockwarn is near and dear to all three it of is, our houses. It is. Ha- it our is. children all went there, yes. and uh, we love it. And um, and and I want to give a shout-out to uh, Rabbi Laura Baum because she's kept in-person education going on for my grandchildren uh, throughout this entire period of time since school started. 
That's amazing. So, has great. anybody gotten sick there? Or do we uh, know of any anything? No, nobody that has um, any impact on the school. But right. there have been, I think, two cases. That okay. And they, they quarant- not, quarantined immediately. And they, and they, exactly, yeah. and they, but they didn't yeah. have an exposure to the kids, so right. it was uh, good to go. You know, when our kids were there, the worst th- kind, of, kind of exposure and the worst kind of outbreaks were those lice outbreaks. Those oh, were, yeah. brought me to tears a number of times, but. <laughs> I think the bomb scare was the scariest one of my children's oh, time. I don't think my kids were there at that point. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that would have been really very, very scary. I didn't even know scary. there was one. Oh, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, when Adam was in the sixth grade or seventh grade, thereabouts. Okay. Okay. Wow, wow. So let's talk about this, uh, this, this Community Palooza event. So it's going to be Wednesday, December 16th. It's online. It's at 630. And what's nice is that it's free. But I bet you once you start to watch that, you're going to feel so endeared to this wonderful school of Rockwell and that you will join me in making a contribution. Um, they are going to have okay. two entertainers. Right. It's a husband and wife, Judy and David. They're from Canada. Their last name is Gershon, and I guess they're, they've won a tremendous amount of awards right, for right. their entertaining. So, um, well, I, I think one of the things is who they're collaborating with. They have gotten together like a lot of the synagogues lot of in the, the synagogues. city. So they've got Adith Israel, Northern Hills, Rockdale, Shari Torah, Temple Sholem, Valley Temple, and Wise Temple have all gotten together uh, along with Rockburn to present this uh, this event, and I, that, that, I think that's really good that you know people are coming together right now and and uh, doing this all together. That that says a lot to, for this community. And what's nice is so I'm going to be doing the candle lighting on Zoom with Adith Israel at five fifteen that evening on the sixteenth, and then you can go right afterwards at okay. six thirty. So the timing is good on this; okay. it's really good, and I so look I, forward to it. I, I think it's, it's on free. there. Go it's ahead. free of charge. Yes, right. Free of charge, right. So go to, you go to their Rockburn website, and I think there's a link there, and then you get set up, and then you can go, and everything's ready to go. Yes. So on our next page, page four, is the community calendar, and it is amazing okay. how many events there are. And Carol put this together. She did. Yes. She, she did. must have been on the phone a lot to get yeah, all this information. Yeah, she did a great job on this. Um, yeah. And I think one of the ones that really caught my attention was on Tuesday, December 15th, at 6 p.m. through Northern Hill Synagogue, it says, Rabbi Pharaoh ruins Hanukkah. <laughs> so there must be things he's going to tell us that we don't already know. Some myths are going to be blasted away, and uh, some of our dreams of those um, Maccabia boys, are, you know, the Maccabia boys are going to be blown away, huh? What do you think, Michael? Absolutely. I think that uh, it'll be a real surprise to a lot of people that the Maccabees were um, very strict in their observances and did not tolerate anybody that wasn't quite as uh, strict orthodox, as they were. Orthodox. Well, yeah, they were, they were almost radical in their well, orthodoxy. Radical, radical orthodox. Well, you say orthodox. I don't believe that there was orthodoxy back in those days. It was just, it was just Judaism. Exactly. Because there was no reform or conservative. Nowadays there is, but back then But the then people it was were getting Jewish. looser at that time. They were getting their... their we were becoming more progressive at that time, and then the Maccabees wanted them to be more aggressively observant. Observant, right, right. That's, so that's I think one it's of the, better. I yeah, bet that's obser- one of the things. Observant versus yeah. le- less observant. So that's probably one of the things he's going to talk about, but there must be. And, you know, the one thing I learned today, and I remember the last time you were here, too, you, you have a wealth of information coming out of you, and it's, it's good. He does. Well, I was amazed because uh, going through the newspaper that's right. coming out, I saw the uh, discussion about all the different types of um, myths about Hanukkah, and one of those, what was the first Hanukkah before Hanukkah was even established? You have um, the first holiday after the Maccabees cleaned the temple and, and re-purified it was actually Sukkot, the festival, and that's okay. why Hanukkah is now eight nights, because with Sukkot, uh, Sukkot was seven. and plus Shemitah at Sarah, it's an eight. Right, so, okay. There's a lot of, uh, you know, th- thinking that that was also a event that um, presaged it. The other thing I was always uh, surprised about was the Book of Hanukkah not being part of the Jewish Bible, the Tanakh. And right. uh, from what I understand, it's not the part of the Tanakh because it happened after the um, Tanakh was closed. It was already finished being written. It was established written. by the right. sages. And yes. there's another part of the story that we just, you know, learned. Right. It wasn't because the oil lasted eight days. There was another reason. The holiday of Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret and all those other ones. So there we go. All right. So what I wanted to point out about the community calendar on fours, first of all, 
we only give you just a small inkling of the entire newspaper. So you have to go to the newspaper and read it actually. And then, and if you want, become a subscriber too. But, um, what's nice about this is there's, there are events all over the city, even in locales and places that you wouldn't even think of at the zoo, um, Oakley square. And there's tons of stuff going on that everybody is coming together and doing, um, these events. So there's something to something to do almost every night of Hanukkah. Yeah, every it's, night, almost it, every night. And a lot of it is for the um, out in the public. Um, yeah, it's all public too, too. With with the Fountain Square and all that. So which gives me and I, you know, we need to be covering a lot of these public things, and that gives me an idea right now. Send our roving reporters out. Roving reporters need to be out there covering our, these events. Our Israelite roving reporters out covering events. And, and speaking of events that were held um, either outside or in large crowds, on page 7, there's a story under the national news right, about right. large crowds gather for Hasidic rabbi's funeral. So this was the funeral for Rabbi Yisroel Chaim Menchi Friedman, and he was a longtime judge of the Satmar community. And there's been a little bit of a, an issue with the Satmar, the head rabbi, Rabbi right. Zalman Teitelman, right. Teitelbaum of Williamsburg, New York, and... He made a statement that the Jade Post picked up that that why are they not following the laws or the rules of America? Because he said that they are they don't feel they're American, that they're exiled Jews. And to be honest, I you know, it's sort of a shocking thing because during the election they certainly felt like Americans when they wanted to support and send letters out regarding a certain candidate that was running for office. Mm. So at that time they wanted to be Americans to get their views out, but then when it comes to following the rules, they don't want to be Americans. And I wonder how they feel about some of the help they get from both the state, local, and federal government that they're happy to take. That as well. Are they it not always, Americans then? Always comes down to that, doesn't it? Always yeah. comes down to the mighty and, dollar. And let's remember, though, the views expressed here are only yes, those of are. the speaker. Yes, they are. Yes, so yes, um, yes, you yes. two may not agree with me, or you may agree with me, but uh, I feel very strongly about this. Yes, you do. You have very many, many strong beliefs in a lot of stuff. You know, I just heard in the doc, Yomi, that it's... Here, I got one for you. <laughs> But recently on one of the Daf Yomi commentaries that I read, it said that, you know, you really have to, it's really important that you have the strength within you to express what you truly believe. Right, um, right. Because if we you... We don't always agree with each other. Right, but, but we, you still keep, should you're feel... You're allowed to speak your mind. You should still, we should each feel free to express right, ourselves right. and no one, because that's who you are and what you feel. But, you know, the other thing, there's another good article on here that I would like Michael to hit on. It's that the Trump administration... Well, I want to say one thing about okay. the rabbi, and that is may his memory be for a blessing. May his we memory be for a I mean, blessing. He did pass away. Yes. He, was a, he was probably on the bait din uh, there. Yes, so, yeah. So that's important. So we probably want to say that. Yes, uh, yes. Definitely. Okay, go on. So anyway, I wanted to, Michael Ganson, our, our, our roving attorney here, to yes, come and yes. give us a, to talk about this article, the Trump administration wants Holocaust restitution cases heard outside the U.S. Yeah, and that struck me because uh, the new Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch uh, when he was delivering um, remarks back in 2017, asked the question, why should descendants of German Jews be forced to seek remedies in Germany in the first place? Um, it seems to me that, first of all, uh, we know that the American court system is a lot more impartial and a lot more um, open to claims, and there cannot be as much back. Um, in back of the court system kind of dealings right. uh, when you're talking about this kind of restitution that, that's going on. And although the events occurred there, um, the German Jews that missed, uh, Supreme Court Justice Gorch is talking about are German Jews that live in the United States. So it would seem to me that to avail themselves of a U.S. court where they know that they're going to get fair and impartial treatment Number one and number two, all of these um, entities have a lot of money here in the United States. So if they have money here in the United States, it's a lot easier to collect money when you're in the United States by a United States citizen for what you deserve as compensation than trying to go to a different country like Germany or Hungary or uh, the other places where the show occurred to try and collect that judgment, even if you get one. 
You know, and that was, remember the Klempt uh, painting? That was done outside the country, and the attorney was from Cincinnati, and they they told you how difficult, they showed you how difficult it was to get restitution outside the United States. And how much more money it costs as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Randy Schoenfeld, and he's married to, is it Pam Mayers, which is Howard Mayer's daughter. Well, there Uh, you go. They live in California. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of astonishing that our uh, court system would want these to go to the courts where the atrocities occurred, rather than uh, utilize our courts where it's uh, you're going to get fair and impartial treatment, and you're not going to have to worry about any backroom deals that occur in some other countries. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael, because that really Thanks clarified that. that article yep. for us. So uh, we've got, we really don't go into politics because we try and stay away from that, but we do have the Georgia Senate candidates exchange accusations of anti-Semitism. Well, from what eight. I understand it, that um, the, the Ossoff candidate, they actually were showing him with a large nose, Joel, and Joel Ossoff, and uh, I actually was on a Zoom and heard this whole thing, and that, that, that's very disturbing that, um, that, the, uh, that the other side would use resort well, to knows? that. We don't know who did that. We don't know who did it, but... Uh, and we also have the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is a big supporter of Jer- Rabbi, uh, sorry, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who is kind of a problematic figure in America. Right. Yeah. Um, but please read that article. It's interesting. Uh, we're not going to give our opinions on no. anything. We just want to bring that up. Uh, on, mis- moving on to Israel news, we've got Israel triples pre-order of Moderna vaccine to six million doses. Now, Mike, you were saying that the Moderna a vaccine you have to take in two dose two, no, that one two. That, the one that they're getting is the Pfizer okay sorry 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 this is Pfizer and that was well the lead headline says Moderna but uh, the Pfizer is uh, a two dose uh, they all are two doses except for okay. the Johnson and Johnson which is one okay, and those okay. two also have to be kept cold okay and I was asking you before how many people live in Israel and you said about 11 12 million right so this is will cover approximately 25 percent of the population and only 25 percent which obviously doesn't get anywhere near what the science well, have said. To get and, more. and you know they'll the CDC in the United States they're giving it first to the medical community and then they're giving right. it to people in, ho- in nursing homes what is Israel doing what is who's getting it first in Israel well, right. from what I understand the first people that are going to be getting it in Israel will be the politicians in charge of the <laughs> state hmm that's that's a little suspicious to me, isn't it? <laughs> I would think that you would want to give everybody that's got the uh, greatest risk uh, the dose first. Of course, we have our presidents also saying that they're going to take uh, the vaccine first as well. Former presidents, um, I'm not sure what Mr. Trump's going to do, but the former president said they're going to do it on TV, anything to encourage all Americans to do their duty to get the vaccine to protect each other. So maybe that's what they're also doing, and we'll give them the benefit of the doubt in Israel. Exactly. I didn't realize there are people that were opposed to getting the vaccine. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. And actually, I understand that there's been in the African-American community, there has been someone that is trying to sabotage that community, their interest in getting the vaccine, so uh-huh. that someone is trying to undermine their the education there. Right, and that's all goes back to the Tuskegee um, uh, right. trials that where they were given all types of different for VD. Uh, VD. Yeah. Well, not they didn't do just VD. They also had other other tests t- that they were doing. They, they also did LSD tests and so on, and they predominantly used the um, African American community. Uh, but I, I, my understanding is that. They're, they're, what, 300% higher in terms of uh, compared their risk to factors. compared to white uh, Caucasian Americans in terms of... Well, hmm. because of their, their and DNA and their, the genetic history of their medical conditions make them more at risk, and they're the ones who are dying more. Um, and well, also, I, and I it has because of the economic It's status. also the economic status as well, but they have a, you know, a predisposition to certain di- things hmm. like high blood pressure and things, and... Uh, just like Jews have a predisposition to the... Well, we have a lot of disease. I, I have Gaucher's. We have uh, diabetes. You've got, uh, what's the Crohn's disease? You've got... Certain the, cancers. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff in the, in the right, Jewish so, uh, population. Yeah, it's a, a big Eastern factor. Eastern European Jewish uh, population. Ashkenazi, specific, yeah, yeah. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, it's good that... Um, that Israel is uh, working on making sure they're well. The is- first vaccine, if you watch the news last night, the first vaccine, the lady I saw on TV got the first vaccine in England last yeah. yesterday, and 
we are probably going to be approved. I think tomorrow the FDA is approving our vaccines. And so people are going to be getting vaccinated either this weekend or starting next week. I think the earliest they said, if it gets approved, the meeting occurred last night. No, Thursday. It's occurring oh, Thursday. Okay, the meeting occurs Thursday. tomorrow night. And if they uh, announce that approve it's approved it. the, under the emergency use, that it will then be available starting next. in Monday. Monday. So yeah. it takes them from then till Monday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, to get the vaccines to the locations and, and then start giving people the vaccine. I'll be first in line when it's my turn. I can we, Well, I think it's probably it's going to be first responders, medical, teachers, and then the older, you know, like my, my mom will get one at Cedar Village. So that's probably, what, January? Um, so we're, you know, we're older, over 62. I would think we were going to. Not gonna, me. You're 60. I'm 60. I'm not over 62. <laughs> okay. Sorry. 60. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, I should have said 60. I'm sorry. Not 60. So over 60. So um, I think we'll probably be getting them probably, what, February, March, I would think. I mm-hmm. think we'll probably. And then, and then the re- and then everybody else. You know, probably April, May, June, you know. So we, we'll get our shot. So I wanted to bring up that this is the uh, Hanukkah issue, and we have the Hanukkah um, uh, drawings, drawings and artwork from the children in the community. Exactly, exactly. And then they are going to be put up at, at Mark's, Hot, Mark's Bagels. Hot Bagels. But we have a lot of kids uh, that, that participated from 6 years old all the way to 10, 11 years old. And some of them, I really am, was very moved by this one here, by Evie Buckwald, age 10. That is and beautiful. It's, 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 uh, it's just a, it's one single candle, and it says, Happy Hanukkah, and there's black all around it with the Hanukkah candle being held up, and it's all white with the candle with the flame. I think she's so got a future. Yeah, light. it's like a light in the darkness mm-hmm. um, kind of a thing. And... Uh, it's very moving. It's a very moving uh, piece of artwork. I hope her parents frame that. It yeah. also recognizes that uh, when you say the prayers, all you're saying a prayer over is one candle, not all of the candles. Exactly, exactly. And that was Good something point. you educated Good us point. on Good today, point. too. Good point. All right. So uh, we have all those. So please go check them out. The, Be- they're, beautiful, very, they're very beautiful nice. They're paintings. beautiful. Yeah. They're beautiful. And um, then we have our... our uh, Rhino's Kosher Soft Serve Yogurt is our sponsor of the week. And I love when you have the coupons because I'll cut them out and go get uh, <laughs> my yogurt over there. And just don't let the shelf station um, outside well, that, it's just dissuade in- you because yeah. this Rhino's Kosher Soft Serve Yogurt ice cream is absolutely delicious. It's very, and they got a lot of good toppings. Yep. And all the toppings are kosher, too. So uh, we'll continue on with this. Uh, we have another special guest that's going to be joining us in just momentarily. That's my punchline button. Look uh, who's here. Yes, we have, uh, and, he's, and he's masked up too. So have a seat. You're on. Uh, Who is our special guest, Our special Ted? guest is Y.Y. Davis has joined us from hello. the Mark's Hot Bagel Shop. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. You're on. Did you bring the uh, sufgan yet? You know, and and why why is it just became a daddy again? Yes. So yes, uh, yes, number four. Yes, thank you. So tell us about the baby. Uh, he's good. I'm a little tired. Yeah, and what's his name? Uh, Matty, uh, or Mordecai, or Max. Mordecai, I like Mordecai. Mordecai. My grandfather was Maxwell. I like Max. Does he have a middle name? We're kind of toying with Max, Maxi. Uh, it were like between those three. It's still not. No, all our kids have one name. Okay, so we kind of. Yeah, like he'll get his. He'll, he'll he'll probably pick his own name when he gets older. He'll be like, this is what I want to be <laughs> we'll, called. We'll get there eventually. We'll figure it out. Yeah, my yeah, father yeah. doesn't have a middle name. Is that something that's British or is that something that's religious that you don't give them a middle name? And is there a, no, their name both their Hebrew and their um, American name? Because so my wife and I both have double names, and um, our oldest ended up with one name just naturally, and we. It just it was simpler, so we kept it that way. Can we call uh, him MM? MM. There's no, there's no second name. So why, why an MM? <laughs> yeah, you're M&M. a why, yeah. You're a double name, right? Well, that's true. But my legal name is that. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. All right, so we want to welcome him to the show. So we Thank are you. on uh, Rhino's Kosher so, uh, Soft Sir Yogurt. Can I explain which, why I'm here? Oh, please yes, explain please. why you're here. Why are you here? Why? Why, why are well, you here? Why did you show up today? I did bring. Wait a minute! Donuts. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Not 
have oh, donuts. You brought Sufganiyo. Sufganiyo. Would you like us but to test them for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please test, test away. We need some quality control checks here. <laughs> but the main reason was just simply uh, Michael Ganson's order was uh, missing a pickle, so I had to drive out here for the pickle. He had to bring the pickle with him to the. It was not the because I told him to. I can <laughs> no, promise you that. Mike, Michael was really nice. He uh, he'll tell me when we when we, and uh, you know I think you guys have too if we've ever messed up. I also tell you when you do a great job. You do. Yes. Well, yes. The last couple of times I've been there, it's been really fantastic. I don't know. You must have given them the fear of God because uh, yeah. uh, the salad fear I've been getting is And I just started <laughs> eating the veggie burger salad, and it's just delicious. It's good. I've never tried that. I should yes. try it. Very good. But, uh, I mean, uh, you've all been very kind because we, we did have a little bit of a rash of mistakes. And so all to the, to the general public out there, I, my apologies, we I think it's still. I don't know. I don't want to. Not sure. No, We're getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And we'll we'll get better. So no, you know, this is all you got to do. You got to call me, and I'll drive out to you and That's bring you a pickle. Just say, Wherever the it most is. important thing is just to let YY know because if he doesn't know, he can't take care yeah. of it. We're, but we we take it very seriously, and you know our apologies to the public if. Uh, if you're, you're missing your pickle. Up, just be patient you're with us. Missing a pickle. <laughs> missing a pickle or, or something. Missing <laughs> a pickle. Call him up. I want my pickle. You know, if you're in Indiana, Philadelphia, wherever you are, because we do get orders that far out. I'll go and deliver you a pickle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Sorry to interrupt. Have you that's had quite, the you're Reiner's, quite all right. Quite have all you right. had the Reiner's kosher soft oh, serve yogurt and ice cream? My kids love it. My do kids they? love it. Yeah, I thought it, I think it's excellent well, too. Great. Uh, uh, there's a letter to the editor that you felt a little bit close to the person who used to be involved with the organization that you wanted to mention. Well, so the letter to, from to the editors from the Jinsa organization of North America. Oh, well, that's a uh, giant pickle. That, uh, that's, oh my! That's quite a pickle you got there. <laughs> okay, you guys are knocking stuff over on the desk. You're, you're making a mess. Here. Okay, we, so we, go we, on yeah. about the Jinsa organization. Anyway, Ben Gatler was that pickle uh, just shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> ben Gatler was uh, involved with Jinsa for many, many years. I think he was the president of Jinsa. So uh, when I got the uh, um, the letter from them, I wanted to put it in because there's many people in Cincinnati that uh, are uh, still probably a part of Jinsa, and so we wanted to give them a uh, you know, shout some, out, a shout out, and 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 get, let them express their views too, and 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 talk, speak to the people. So. Anyway, so our we're moving on to page. our From the Pages. Hi, 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 page 18. From the Pages. So this is from In the Beginning of 1854. Um, the second issue now. We're on July issue. 21st. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, Israelitis Institutions of Cincinnati by Samuel Bruhl continued. Projectors of the Synagogue of the United Brethren were Messrs. Wolf, Fetchheimer, Leopold Goldsmith, H. Newman, Simon Kahn, with a few others. Scarcely had these persons conceived the scheme in their mind, ear, or air, E-R-E, air, they secured the indispensable requisite to build up a kahila congregation, namely synagogue and burial ground. They rented the lot on which their synagogue, synagogue now stands and purchased two acres and a half of land on Vine, Vine Street Hill for a cemetery. So that's, that's very interesting. They, they, they bought uh, some property. This is 1854. So this is uh, 160. Before the Civil War. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and I also want to point out that July 21st was a Saturday. The Israelite used to come out on a Saturday in the beginning. The 14th uh, was a Saturday. I looked it up. Uh, and the 21st. And, you know, uh, and we know that Samuel Bruhl is our new friend. We're, he's a right. really big friend of the podcast. We know that he's got a relative still living in town, Trip Wolf. Okay. okay. And uh, we find that very exciting. We know that some of his relatives have been buried in the, c- the cemetery. Yes, yeah, yeah. And actually, they're... Um, they're they're upgrading that cemetery. Right, they're doing some work on that cemetery. The greater so Cincinnati. We should probably. Where is it? Uh, it's down by like WCET. If you know where, like, why is that called Vine Street Hill? I thought that. No, that no, was, that would be different. That would be different. I don't know where this exactly. Now, I know is. that the one that you're talking about is the oldest cemetery in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. the oldest okay. Jewish cemetery. It's Chestnut Street, isn't it? Chestnut. Yeah, Street? Chestnut Street. that's what I'm talking about. It's Chestnut well, Street. I don't think this is the same one. Okay, this is a different place. This is this is uh, Vine Street Hill. I don't. I, we'll have to find out. Maybe we should uh, care. Call up Abe. Yeah, Abe would know. You know, um, 
<coughs> for a second there, excuse me. For a second there, I, um, I just read a story very recently. Um, it, was, um, it was to do with FC Cincinnati and my kid's school, um, right. Ortora. Right, right. They, they partnered on this thing, and it was to do with this. So I, I, for, it's not the same one. Um, it was a congregation, I'm going to say Avasachim. Okay. Which was, so there's a cemetery called uh, Brotherly Love or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know it? And Sem- uh, the Love Brother. It's called the Love, Love Brothers, Brothers and you. that's up in Price Hill. I've right. been there. I have a main thing. Right. I have family there. Right. I so have family there, too. Me, too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they are the current, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Ov Shalom is, is kind of a... Oh, it was an Ov Shalom cemetery. So the current Ov Shalom is kind of a, uh, I don't know, this is the wrong word, deriva- derivation from... Um, the original Abbas right, Ahim. the Ohav Shalom community and um, Eitz, yes, uh, so the Eitz combined and became Eitz, Eitz Haim, Haim, right? Synagogue. Currently, currently. And so the story was that they, they um, FC Cincinnati, bought, so they had this beautiful building built in 1864, I think it was. Right. Um, don't remember the address. Somewhere downtown, near Vine Street, I think. Right. Um, and it was sold early 1900s to a church, and it's been that way since, or whatever. Um, and recently, FC Cincinnati bought it, and they're knocking it down to make it into a car park, or parking lot, as you Americans say. Yes. <laughs> um, I say us Americans, because I'm American now. Um, and um, <coughs> He's a citizen. Yeah, so um, I am a citizen. But um <laughs> And he pays taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they, so they were knocking it down. And right. Uh, so Ortor, the, um, um, my friend Mark Randolph, who, President of Oratory, he also is involved with Cincinnati Judaica, uh, funded he, he has the, you a, know, ma- a big collection. Yeah, so uh, he wanted to preserve part of the synagogue. To, so through Oratory, the Judaica Fund, FC Cincinnati, they they partnered and they saved the the front of the building. Uh-huh. Um, they had this um, plaque or whatever, you know, with all the information. And um, yeah, so they they FC Cincinnati they. Paid for everything. They su- they supplied the crew to remove this. Wow. You know, during the demolition. That's really pre- impressive. Yeah, they preserved a piece of it, and now it's at the school in oh, Deer Park. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Matt's Matson Matson Place. Matson yeah. Matson Avenue. Avenue? I think Matson so, yeah. Avenue. Anyway, so I, I I'm sorry to mean to right. No, that's no, no, all right. That's we like these digressions. Really we like these little these little detours that we take. <laughs> and I like the fact that H, uh, FC thought that it was important enough to not yeah. just the general yes. community, yes. but the Jewish community to yes. preserve something as historic as that. Right, yeah. right. I thought it was, right. it was pretty cool. Well, right. that, that brings me a little bit closer to soccer now. Yes. Football. Football. Thank you, Michael. Thank Football. All right, so 125 years ago. And I want to bring up something from last week from 125 right. Uh, right. years ago. There was that word we didn't know what it meant, fin de sickle. Okay, okay. okay. It uh, fin de sickle is a French term meaning end of century, century okay. a term okay. which typically encompasses both the meaning of the similar similar English idiom turn of the century and also makes reference to the closing of one era and onset of another. Remember, she was talking about women bachelors, bachelor huh. maids last week, and huh. she said that they were the fin de sickle. Oh, okay. So that was you know the, you know what they were whether they were bachelor they, well, they didn't want to get right, married right, the women wanted right. to get didn't want to get married and she was talking about them not wanting to get married and being on their own and being independent so that's where that term came from and that's what it meant. All right, so you want to. So talk, I'm going to talk, talk about the ladies' column this week, but I have to also say that the Sufganiyat was outstanding. I probably have white powder <laughs> all around my face <laughs> along with raspberry jelly no, dripping. You don't. No, you don't. You look fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, ladies' column, one thing settled at the horse show was the continuance of fancy waist differing from the skirt, hmm. a boon to econo- economics. Who can Econom- make economists. Economists. Who can make one handsome skirt serve with several waists? The trouble, however, is that the very rich fabrics are now used for such waists. And there are also some very eccentric combinations, as a chiffon waist with a broadcloth skirt. Velvet waists in shrimp pink and in pale coral pink are worn with either light or dark skirts. White satin waists are becoming completed by a collar of cerise pink or Nile green. So the editor's note, and that's Carol Hershenson, writes, In this context, waist refers to a shirt waist, Mm. a woman's top tailored like a man's shirt with similar separate Separate. high collar, they are generally day wear. Mm. So, and remember, there was that whole fire with the shirtwaist factory and everything. Oh, so wow, yeah. Yeah, so um, that was what they called women's blouses were shirtwaist. Mm. 
Very, very interesting. Thank you for that. And then 100 years years ago, ago, Mr. and Mrs. Henry B. Sachs, 932 Avondale Avenue, announced the engagement. Avenue. That's in. I lived on Lenox Place, and that's one street over on Avondale Avenue from where I lived. And yeah, and not 100 years ago. But I didn't live there 100 years ago. He lived there 62 years ago. I was like about (laughs) 58 years ago, like four years old or so. Anyway, the daughter's name is Eugenia, and she's marrying Lionel Allenson of San Francisco. And Miss Sachs is a graduate. Eugenia, yes. Eugenia. Eugenia. Miss Sachs is a graduate of the class of 1919 in Wesley, where she won a place at the college crew, was a farmerette during the war, and was active in all the dramatic productions of her college days. So again, Carol lets us know that the Woman's Land Army of America, WLAA, sent women farmerettes mm. to farms from 1917 to 1919 to replace wow. the male right, right, farm right, workers right. who had been called up to service in World War I. Mm. Many, like Miss Sachs, were students or teachers whose school schedules made them available during the summer. So, you know, Wellesley College, this is 100 years ago, so that's... 1920, Wellesley was a very famous, exclusive college. I mean, very still is. Yeah, like kind of like a Harvard or Smith college. You know, very Ivy League. Ivy League, very Ivy League. Yeah. Well, I think YY should read the next one from a hundred years ago, and I'm going to give him the piece of paper. I I took care of it. Okay. I'm fond of this, right? I guess I had a predisposition for it from my father. I do not agree with everything you advocate, but you know, difference of opinion makes horse races. I've never heard that expression before. I don't, we don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think, however, you and other writers do try to be fair and big-minded and that you have the spirit of service and the love of Judaism. And you do good work. Sarah Messingstern, Tara Hawk, Indiana. So I think, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. yes. Tara yeah. Hawk, Indiana. I, th- I think that, exp- that kind of reflects the same opinion we all have about it. the current Israelite, Ted. Yeah. It does. We love it even brings, if we disagree. That brings a tear to my eye. We don't eye. always really agree. Don't yeah. always no, agree. no, but I, it, and but I you try always, and be fair, yes. and, I, and I do. I really try and be fair and, and get it right, you know, and, and, and just report the news. Yeah, right. facts keep, only. Facts only. Keep your opinion to yourself. Unless it's on the opinion page. Unless you're giving this uh, podcast, which we want to point out that everybody's opinion on the <laughs> podcast is strictly those of the speaker and not of the American Israelite. And we also want to remind our listeners to subscribe to the podcast. Yes, Don't just yes. listen to it randomly. Right. It actually is very helpful for us if you subscribe. And well, we also how do you want subscribe, to subscribe how do you, to the newspaper? Yeah. How do you subscribe? How do you subscribe so to the podcast? How do you do that? When do you're do on that? your podcast right, platform, right, there right. is a button that says, subscribe and right. then what happens is every time we have an update or a new podcast okay. that comes forth okay. it pops up on your thing so you don't oh. even have to look for it and what's the uh, what's the name of it under the app store it's let there be light podcast from right. the american israelite right. we have a light bulb again like a hanukkah right. idea of bringing light let there be light we let bring there, light well, that's the american israelite's uh, theme. Uh, not theme but uh raison d'etre yes is let there be light Whew. Yeah. That's that a little French there for you. I yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so anyway 50, 50 years ago, ago, we have Golf Manor Synagogue had a wedding. Yes, it was the yes. wedding of Miss Barbara Ann Bernstein to Larry Litvak, son of Albert Litvak of Cleveland, and the late Mr. Litvak. Rabbi David Indich did the ceremony, and I was able to give... Um, Barbara Bernstein a call. Okay, okay. And it turns out, you know, she's from Cincinnati, but she moved up to Cleveland. Well, a couple of her girlfriends were going to get an apartment, and so she uh, moved up there, and she was working in nuclear medicine. Oh, wow. And at that time, Larry Litvak was um, going to school at Cleveland State. Mm-hmm. And um, it, ha- it so-called happens that she has an aunt that lived in Cleveland that actually babysat for him. Not that, that the aunt did the shidduch or anything, but it just happened. Right. And they met, and they married for a little over a year. They dated for a little over a year. And then they got they got married and they came back to Cincinnati. But they had a beautiful wedding. And the uh, I'm going to put up a picture of the wedding. She had these beautiful velvet dresses with okay. white collars. She said, and there was also these little Jackie Kennedy pillbox hats. Um, she bought her dress in Cleveland at a bridal shop, but she got her her bridesmaids' dresses down here. And she said it was a beautiful she, a wedding, and she was so happy to have all of her family there. And she was especially pleased that her bridesmaids liked these Romeo and Juliet-type dresses. Um, they went to St. Thomas for their honeymoon, and uh-huh. it rained the entire time. <laughs> but they still had fun. So she also said that her both of her grandpas walked her down the aisle because, unfortunately, her father had passed away. May his memory be a blessing. <clears throat> 
and um, and her grandma came down on a bus from Columbus, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful wedding, and um, they've been married 50 years. They have a son named uh, Stephen, and it was so lovely to talk to her, and some of the more... The, other details I'll put up on our, our social media. Sounds Beautiful wonderful. wedding. It's wonderful when you have someone that's still married after 50 years. They're happy. They love each other. And there's one picture she sent me of, of her husband at the wedding, Larry, looking at her. And you could just see the love in his eyes. And he was probably looking forward to rainy season. <laughs> <laughs> A rainy day. Yeah. Rainy day. Rainy day. <laughs> anyway, uh, we wanted to talk about the fact that we only do some of these. Right. We only do some of them. So if you want to read the entire page, you have to go to the page on page 18 and read the entire page. You know what you should do, Ted? You should do the extended version of the podcast where you, it's premium membership only, you know? Premium membership. <laughs> then you're going to be there in a little bit today. You know, six hours of, po- six hours of Ted reading every word. <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to. No, that, no, that no. Would, no, people would be. That, that would be down. They would, no, that no. would be putting them to sleep. Wow, look, look at this. I didn't see this. Uh, what is this, 150 years ago? Mm-hmm. No, 1970. So that's 50 years Driver's ago. Driver's license from Ralph Kahn. That's who I learned from. <laughs> wow, and it's a, it's the gift of a lifetime, and today is the gift issue, so it's a perfect a perfect uh, lead-in. And it's the, Cincinnati's oldest and largest driving school. A1 Safety Driving School. I'll never forget Ralph Kahn, though. I'll tell you, he was very fast on the brake on his side of the... You know, he sat on the passenger side. And they used to have those... The, the, the double the, brakes. The, right, the double brakes right. and the... And, and the I sw- remember my first driving lesson with Ralph Kahn was... He used to be in Pleasant Ridge across the street from Mulaney's now. I, I drive... And that was, that's where I live. I okay, live like two so seconds I, from there. So I was over... I was, we, we came out of the parking lot where the bank is now. Right, right. At LaSantaville and Montgomery Road. And I knew I could make it. <laughs> you know, I was turning left, and I knew I could make it. But he did not like the fact, and he did not think I could make it. And he slammed on the brakes with oncoming traffic on my side of the driver's <laughs> side of the car, headed right at me. And I'm like, what's going on? But I'll never forget it. And who? who and I haven't had a ticket since. Now, Ralph <laughs> Kahn, who were his children? Who was he married? I don't know. I cannot remember who the uh, Ralph Kahn's uh, family was. And okay. Because I, I just met him. Okay. He was a great school. A safety so now driver. this is what this would have been. What what year? What kind of car were did you drive? What kind of car were you driving in? A 1965 Gold Wildcat Buick. Buick Wildcat. Buick Wildcat convertible. My mom had a Buick Wildcat convertible. 454. She had a, she had a gray one with a black interior that we. Uh, and I wish she'd have held on to that car. Me too, but I'll tell you, every week I had to replace my motor mouse. Did you really in that car? Every single week, because as soon as you st- put your foot on the gas, the ma- blow those the, ma- you blow the mouths. <laughs> Especially the way I put my foot on the gas. So. so I'll tell you a funny story, and then we'll get back to the news. But uh, I took my driving test in my father's 1972 black, uh, triple black uh, Cadillac uh, uh, Coupe de Ville. And so this is when they was up on Plainfield Road, and you went out and drove around. The guy's like, wow, I'm getting to drive around in a Cadillac. This guy's driving me in a Cadillac, and I was like driving around. And then you had to go back and do the parallel parking where they had an actual, uh, like a curb, you know, and you had to, you know, pull it in there and to, in the curb. So I pull it in. I go up on the curb and over the curb in this car. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'd never tried it before in this Cadillac. It was like a boat. I mean, it was so big. He's like, well, I don't think this is going to be good. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Did he pass? So then I, so I flunked that test. And then I had to go back a couple weeks later with my dad borrowed, uh, I'll never his buddies, uh, it was like a 72. Uh, EW or something? No, no. It was, no, it was like a Monte Carlo. Oh. And so I just like, boom. Okay, you pass. Get out of here now. But I'll never forget that. I went up and over the car. <laughs> That's one of the cases where smaller is better. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. All right, so uh, 50 years ago, we have Dr. and uh, Mrs. Kenneth Krinus at 3143 South Palmcrest Drive announced the forthcoming bar mitzvah of their son, Michael David. Saturday, December 12, at 9 a.m. at Adith Israel Synagogue, Ridge and Calberth Road. So the Krinuses, this is actually misspelled. We need to have a correction here. But uh, they live right across the street from me. And he's a gastroenterologist. He, he passed away. 
Michael Kranis? No, 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 not Michael. Oh. Kenneth. Dr. Oh, Kenneth, Dr. right, Dr. Father, yeah. The yeah. father passed away a couple years ago. Yeah. But she's still, she's, uh, Mrs. Kranis is still there. She's a very nice lady, very nice lady. And, and I know Michael. Uh, I grew up with him at Walnut Hills. He was two years behind me. Yeah, he's a one year, year ahead of me. So, I got to know um, Jeffrey. Jeff? Okay, oh, right. Jeff he's the is chef. That's guy. his brother. Yep. And then what's uh, a la carte catering? Correct. Is that the yeah. name of the yes. a la carte catering? Yes, we've done a little bit of business together. Yeah, okay. he's a nice he's guy. kosher? He's not, but it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of a um, one-off type of deal. I see. Yeah. He, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, and he is. Always interesting getting kosher caterers anywhere. <laughs> You know, you know, um, I've done, I've, we've worked quite a bit with. Um, shoot, I'm blanking on them. Uh, who's a big kosher caterer? Uh, 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 Jeff Thomas. No, they not advertise a lot. Uh, in uh, I can't think of the name. Right, uh, it's Funkies. Funkies, yeah, oh, that's they're funkies, amazing. Funkies, everybody, every they, actually, lo- they do a great job. They're great. great and sh- I want to really shout fantastic. out to them because they yeah, um, they're, they're they brilliant. actually helped us out in a pinch one time yeah. with equipment. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, real nice people. Funkies, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Forgus. Yeah. 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 Chef Michael Forrest. Well, they did one of my kids' weddings, Funkies. Yeah. Delicious. The food was absolutely delicious. Now, 25 years ago, Michael, you wanted to. Yeah, I was going back to Memory Lane, Traditions of Hanukkah, uh, presented by then Yavna Day School Choir and Dance Group. My kids were in that one, as a matter of fact, um, 1995. And it was held at uh, the the uh, Hillel and C- University of Cincinnati with Rabbi A.B. Ingberg. Right. And I remember it. It was a great performance. And again, it was in the main public library, so there was exposure uh, to the general community of uh, the wonders and, tr- and traditions of Hanukkah. It was very special. So uh, do you want to do uh, 10 years ago? We've got 10 years ago. We've got what did Jews do? It states, what do Jews do on December 24th? And it's a question mark. Eat Chinese food, of course. And Northern Hill Synagogue Congregation B'nai Avraham will host a kosher Chinese buffet Sabbath dinner, Shabbat dinner, on Friday evening, December 24th, 7 p.m. The dinner will follow Friday evening services, which begin at 6 p.m. And they so, do it every year since, too. Yeah. I think this year they're doing like a Zoom virtual. movie. Yeah, virtual movie. We ever watch the movie together. But I also think that, aren't they also... Are they doing the food? I think they're de- not delivering the food, but they're giving recipes. So they okay. eat, Like they did for... Uh, they had a challah bake kind of a thing during the Elul period. Okay, okay. Uh, where they uh, actually send out the ingredients and that kind of a thing. It was thing like we were saying before. I mean, the, the vaccines are now out. And, uh, well, they'll start up this... Hopefully by this summer, we'll all be back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully before then. I'm ho- hoping by... Well, Passover. Yeah. Passover is early this year. I think that's when we're going to get vaccinated, Ted. I don't think that's going to be normal by then. Right, right. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, uh, moving on to uh, uh, Foodie Fun with uh, Gail Schindler, who was just here to pick up her Hanukkah Hanukkah gift that I give everybody this year. And we were discussing different... Different chefs that we follow, right. her and I. Yeah, so okay. we we both like Otto Long and Jenny, however we pronounce that word, and I butchered it again. And we both <laughs> like Melissa Clark, who's also Jewish, out of the New York Times, and uh, I. We also follow King Arthur Flower, both of us. So, so she's also talking about it's all about the oil. It's so all about the oil. Oil and olive olive tapenade and olive oil cake. That's an interesting cake. I wonder how that that flavor in there. It must be, uh, you know, it must be very good. And I love tapenade. Yeah. All right. So. You know, speaking of Hanukkah, there's there's the, the issue of gifts when you give a gift. And, right. you know, I had asked Michael, like, what happens if you give someone a gift, like, for your engagement, and then right. you break off the engagement? Say, you know, like, so say you give them your grandma's ring, and, and okay. all of a sudden, this girl wants to flee. You're a boy. You give her your grand. She wants to flee. She's out of here. She so. What okay. happens to that okay. ring, Michael? What happens? And, of course, uh, Julie, you gave me a uh, gift. You gave me a task that's, that doesn't have a definitive answer. Ohio law is all over the place. In fact, there's five different um, rules of law, and it depends on what county you're in. So, the, like, in Franklin County, if you give a gift of an engagement ring, right. then you get it back if you don't get married because it was in contemplation of gift, uh, in contemplation of the marriage. Right, right. Um, and... There is a second approach in Ohio from another county that says all gifts that you give are revocable. So uh, that's interesting because there's a lot of people that give 
gifts during the year of engagement. And during that year of engagement, every gift that's given, according to this county, this other county, it's 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 a um, revocable, so you can get it back. Uh, the third approach in Ohio is that it, it, it has to be the gift conditioned on a subsequent marriage, but all other gifts that are given during the engagement are treated as irrevocable so that they don't get it, have to give it back. <laughs> but if you put, I'm giving this gift right, to right, you. Right. Under the agreement under the that agreement we're, getting, that we're married, getting married, right? then you may be able to get that gift back. But then okay. there's a fourth approach and a fifth approach. And, of course, nothing simple in the law. The fourth approach is that it, you can recover the gift during the engagement unless the engagement was broken off because I don't want to get married. In other words, there has to be fault assigned. Like and someone was doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Exactly, during that engagement period. And, and you know, that's very difficult to prove if you ha- are doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. You know, then you get into a question well, of justifiable. get back to that justifiable. thing with the rainy nights and rainy days. Yeah. Something was going on there that wasn't supposed to be going on. <laughs> exactly. Um, but and then the, the last approach uh, is a no-fault appro- approach, right. and that is no matter what you, d- you do in terms of gifts, uh, you always get it back no matter who's at fault because right. it was always in expressly in contemplation of marriage. So it's all over the map as far right. as that's concerned. So the caveat as a lawyer would be that anytime you're going to give a gift during that period of time that you got engaged to the right. period of time that you get married – right. Uh, you better make sure that it's conditional, especially on the big gifts, because the big gifts, for instance, if you buy a house together while okay. you're in engaged okay. status, okay. Um, that's for the benefit of the long-term relationship, right. and therefore it has to be given back. Right. But if you give a gift like a heart ne- necklace or a something, something that's a not... A couple hundred dollars or, or something. Even, no, even can be, it depends on your economic status. Okay. Uh, but if you give the gift just as a gift because you... Love that person at that particular time without the understanding that this is conditioned on marriage. You don't have to give it back. Right, right. Okay. So on that note, what, you wanted to add something? Go ahead. I was going to say, in in Jewish law, um, I'm I'm not sure how well known this is, but in Jewish law, there's quite a distinction between the engagement and the marriage in in the Jewish ceremony. And it used to be that it was two separate occasions, and it it was like kind of a progress. I don't know the details. Don't remember the details. Right, right. Excuse me. In today's day and age, um, they perform that right before the wedding. So actually, that period where uh, you're you're engaged uh, in Jewish law is not Jewish engagement. The Jewish engagement happens maybe an hour before the wedding. Well, as it's applied by the law, but halakhically, you're uh, if you get engaged the moment you get engaged. Luckily, you are married for all intents and purposes. Right, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Right, so, so any gift during okay. that period of time is and it's just the ceremony that you have. You haven't done the ceremony. It's like when you turn 13, you are automatically bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. You just haven't had a ceremony. It's the same kind of concept. You become a bar mitzvah. Or a bar you become mitzvah. a comment. Sorry, yeah. sorry. You become it's a, a bit co- more you, than that. Okay, it, okay. It's, it's more. Well, marriage that. is a lot more involved yeah. and I mean, serious than just a, a, a bar mitzvah. It's more than just mitzvah. a ceremony. I'm saying the. the, the you know, there's the contract by the engagement, but like I said, that only happens, and that and that was closer to a real marriage, but that only happens now. You know, they do it just an hour very before the chuppah or something. Right. Very right. rarely. Right. Is it is it uh, the months before? Yeah. Like it used to be in the old country. Yeah. yeah. In the old country. Anyway, some of these people that are in the death notices were in the old country, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they should bring up who died. This past week, um, it's always sad. Uh, Emil Dansker, age 90, December 5, 2020, 20 Kislev, uh, 57 a And I want to say before you went on that I grew up with Eric Dansker at North Avondale School, who was in my class because I was Deutsch and he was Dansker and he was in my class. And I, Emil would call up. He was actually a, a interesting man. He was a rabbi. He was involved in... Um, uh, many different things. He had several different careers that he had through his life, and he was a journalist, too. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was a very interesting very man. Very educated man. Very educated, fascinating man, and we're sad that he passed away. It's also really sad. I see uh, my very uh, one of my mentors when I was going through the synagogue uh, leadership, um, president of the men's club and so on, Sheldon Copen. Right. Well, go, go to the dude. 
So, so the next we one. also have Ray Ray Barish. Uh, she was aged 105. 105. Wow. So she passed away on December 4th, 2020, the 18th of Kislev, 5781. Is that uh, related to the Barish family yes, center? Yes, it was an aunt. It's an aunt? Yeah. And then no, not Barish Center, but of the Barishes that live in Blue Ash. Okay. Okay, so Daniel Kessler... Uh, Dr. David. Yes, Dr. he was David a urologist Kessler, in town. Age 69, December Suddenly. 4th, 2020. Was that COVID? Kislev. No. 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 Um, and and then, then Sheldon Alter Copen, age 90, uh, December 4th, 2020, 18 Kislev. Now, um, I, when I was, as I was, my whole journey of being, you know, becoming more religious, uh, one um, Rosh Hashanah, I was at Adith Israel. And uh, he gave me an aliyah, and I ne- I'll never forget that as long as I live because it was one of the first aliyahs I'd ever gotten. He taught me how to be God by every day at Israel. Very nice. And so he he will be he'll, he'll be so sorely. Uh, my hats off to him, and he will be sorely missed. And then there's Leonard Eppel, yeah. age seventy nine, Eppel, and he was on the JCC board. Uh, December third, twenty twenty, eighteenth of Kislev, fifty seven eighty one. He was a nice man. Uh, Mark Shagalov. Uh, age 96, December 2nd, 2020, 16 Kislev, 5781. Um, Edward Arthur Markowitz, age 71, December 1st, 2020, the 16th of Kislev, 5781. And uh, someone called this in because we didn't know about it, but we, we put it in. Uh, Harold, sorry, sorry, Howard Errol Robinson, age 78, November 23rd. 2027 Kislev 5781. And then there was also a, a relative of ours. I know I'm not supposed to mention my family, but no, it is okay. a relative of ours, Judy Avner. She passed away on Friday, uh, December 4th. It was the 18th of Kislev uh, 5781. You just found out about just, that. They just hit the Wild Funeral Home yesterday, the notice, but she actually passed away on Friday and they did her service on Sunday. So may their memories be a blessing. Well, and also right now, no one's. You, you, Right. You can't go to any funerals right now. I mean, no one's, you know, it's, it's, someone not, not. passes away and it's just boom, they're buried like the next day or so. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's so difficult right now. Um, and then Shiva starts, I don't, if you already, I don't know if you're even allowed to go to someone's house for Shiva. No, they do it on the lawns if you, if you want to see them. You stand on your porch and they go to the lawn. But, it's a, it's a, it's going to be it's a hard it's been a hard like until nine this months. is all over That's in a few yeah. months. This next article believe is, is on page B seven <laughs> believing in miracles, wonders of wonders, <laughs> miracles of miracles. <laughs> this is going crazy with the oil. <laughs> hitting that oil up a little too much. Um, so we want to move on to um, the different advertisers. And, There's um, a very special ad on yeah, yeah. on page. Uh, it is on page. Where is it? <laughs> Where page? It's on page fifteen from 15. Ted and Stephanie Deutsch. Yes, we it's, want to it's a magical, yeah. a magical, yeah. magical ad. That will be in next week. Corrected. Um, it's actually can, can a. You tell it's us what a, the misprint was. It was well, a misprint. It's, it's a menorah, and it should be a Hanukkah. And, and what's uh, the difference between a menorah and a okay, Hanukkah? So a menorah has seven candles. And a Hanukkah has nine candles. And the menorah is the symbol of Judaism uh, as, as opposed to the Mogain David. A lot of people think the Star of mm-hmm. David is, but it's actually the menorah is because it's the item that was in the tabernacle when it was moving in the desert and in the temple itself. Exactly. That so that has. will be corrected. Good thing um, that that advertiser isn't going to complain. No. Um, and then you have on <laughs> the next his page, back. you've got an ad. They actually have a correct Hanukkah and a Michael Ganson and family ad. That's a beautiful ad. Oh, we, is. where's the? I saw the bagel shop ad. It was really beautiful. It was in color and everything. You yeah. passed it up already. Oh, I'm it sorry. It was on B what? B11. B11. Yep. It was a beautiful ad. Yeah. Well, I always blow that up for him because he's such a big guy. Well, thank <laughs> you, Ted. You're so welcome. All right, and so we move on to uh, we at the American Israelite want to wish the entire community a happy Hanukkah. And listed on um, our ad is all the different ever, uh, sub, uh, sorry, employees, ri- employees and, and writers, uh, contributors, photographers, 
uh, everybody that's associated with this paper. And that will also be in next week again. It's because <laughs> your, uh, Julie's name is misspelled there. It's actually, Ber- <laughs> it says Burson, B-E-R-S-E-N, which it, it should be B-E-R-N. B-E-R-N-S-E-N. And, you know, that's not my family real name. Our real last name is Berenson. And there were three Berenson brothers, and one of them was becoming a dentist, and he didn't feel with a Jewish name like that that he could get a job. So he changed it to Berenson. I don't know. Because of anti-Semitism? Yes. When was, when what? So let's go back to what? That's really back in the old days, right? When was this? When was that? It must have been somewhere (laughs) in, my mother was, so my father was born in the 30s. It had to be before the 1930s. So they were all born in America, these brothers. Okay, so that would have been... When Hitler was on the rise, and there was a lot of anti-Semitism in Germany, definitely. And here. They had the in, Bund here. Yeah. In America. In Cincinnati. It was the headquarters of the German Bund. At, that, in, at that restaurant down in uh, Clifton area, they right. would meet. And Burger at, Beer. At, which at, no, at, at Mecklenburg's? Yeah. Really? Yes. And Burger really? Beer was also a very strong supporter of the Bund, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't think Burger right, Beer exists. Right, but right. it also was a very uh, um, uh, big supporter of the of the Bund here in Cincinnati. All right. So he was where? Where was he? Was he in Chicago? Or they were in, in Chicago. They were three okay. brothers. But okay. this brother okay. actually ended up moving um, to Louisville. And my daughter goes to. I'm not supposed to mention my children, but one of my children, <laughs> who's a daughter of mine. Um, what does that have to do with the, the young? Well, girl? I'm going to tell you. So she comes home from college one day and she says, "There's a girl by the name of Bernson in my class." Oh. And I in, in my sorority I said, "No, no, no. We don't have any relatives in Louisville." So she, I said, "So she tells me mm-hmm. three or four times. She finally she calls my father and she says, Tati, there is a girl in.'" My sorority by the last name of Bernson. It was the dentist. It was the dentist granddaughter. And she changed so the name would back. Have been no, no. Oh. no. So, this, so this would be your daughter. My daughter's friend. No, it would have been her like cousin. cousin. Third yeah. time removed or whatever. How You know how they do that second time removed, third time removed? That would have been her okay. cousin, like, second or third time removed or yeah. whatever they... That's yeah. not legal terminology, but okay. It's not legal <laughs> terminology. It's just fun to know. I, I am curious, because right, I'm looking right. at all these different ads, and I'm seeing Hanukkah spelled differently. Okay, so about a month beforehand, uh, we send out a directive to everybody, uh, and people ask, well, how are you going to spell it this year? And I and so some years we spell it H, you know, Hanukkah, and then some years we spell it C-H, and... I'll be honest. I like to mix it up. I do. I like. I to mix like the it ch. Up. As I said I like earlier, I, like I think the, the ch, ch is yeah, prettier, yeah, and yeah. it's got that ch sound to it. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. So I like um, the ch. I've been so really think, practicing this year. It's been ch for like two years. So next year we might need to mix it up and go back to Hanukkah with just the h. But uh, you know, we want to keep it fresh. I mean, you don't want to get into a stale thing and you know you want to kind of mix it up a little bit and so you have do. so many choices too right we only uh, have two we have h no. and ch and yeah. the h you have to remember you is the double k and one n well and yeah, a double yeah. n well that's yeah, I, I don't th- i just think of the h yeah. and the ch i'm that's not worried about the follow the, the it's rest of the letters. one n and double k so now it's time for the joke of the week yes it is it is time for the joke of the week and uh, so this is from wait hold on hold on <laughs> This is from, and actually, uh, Mike Ganson is supposed to be bringing me a new joke book any day now, which uh, will be delivered here. If you had reminded me before I left my house, I would have brought it today. (laughs) I did. I called him. I said, don't forget to bring that joke book. He's already left. I'm at the office. Too late. All right, so this is from Old Jews, Old Jews Telling Jokes by Sam Hoffman with Eric Spiegelman, joke by Sheldon Kimmelman. So a Jewish mother... Gives her son two ties on the first night of Hanukkah with a CH, Hanukkah. The following morning, when he comes down for breakfast, he is wearing one of them. The mom says, What's the matter? You didn't like the other one? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we want to go. So we have YY Davis uh, from, from Hot Bagels. Uh, Mark's Hot Bagels. Thank you. Michael Ganson from the Michael Ganson Law Firm. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here with you. Julie Babs Bernson Brook from and, Highland and, Park, Illinois. And Ted Chicago. Deutsch here from the American Israelite. And uh, so thanks for joining us today on our 
Hanukkah broadcast. We wanted to go back to our theme one last time, and that is giving, to, to giving and vo- also volunteering. Volunteering, volunteering giving giving of right yourself. now. You know, instead of just you know maybe gifts, but go volunteer at the soup kitchen or go volunteer at the uh, the uh, the bar bash. Uh, uh, That's what I did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And don't do it by yourself. Do right. it with either friends or if you have grandchildren, so that you can show by example. And right. mask up while you're doing it. Right. Mask up, right. Of course, mask, mask, mask up, up, mask up, mask up. Of course, up, mask, mask up, mask up, yeah. So, and we want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, happy which Hanukkah. starts tomorrow night. Yes, and we want to remind well, everyone. Actually, you'll be listening to this Friday, so it's already the first day, day. of Hanukkah. The and we want to remind everyone to subscribe. We want to thank you, yes. thank to Melissa, who does our production. Does a great job. And Carol, who also does our stories, and Yossi, and Judy, and everyone else here from the office, and wish them also a happy Hanukkah. And we only had, like, maybe one or two mistakes in the whole Hanukkah issue, which was one was the menorah, right, and what, and the other was spelling your name wrong. <laughs> so we wish you a good week, Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov. Good night. Shavuotov. Goodbye, everybody.